This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Let's pray. Then we'll get started. We're in Proverbs 1. I already started this, but then I was talking about my travel, traveling, and how Americans should get out more. And, but then it just went south because then I started talking about Americans' reputation overseas. And then it was like, well, should we go or not? Yes, definitely travel. If you travel and you actually meet people and talk to people, you're going to love people. You watch the news, you're going to hate people. It's just two choices. So go to church and travel. There we go. Let me pray. I'm cleaning my desk. Somebody else is going to be staying in the house, so I'm trying to keep up appearances here. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for what you taught us yesterday. I pray that you'll continue to drive home a little deeper this idea that wisdom is non-negotiable. We tend to look at the book of Proverbs and take it or leave it, maybe with the take it or leave it attitude, but um, the word promises that we're going to reap the consequences of not seeking wisdom. Um, and then it's just not, we've not, you haven't called us to live this life in a haphazard, self-centered way. So I pray that you help us, um, help us to dive in deeper, help us to um, seek your face. And uh, we need your grace and we need your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yesterday we stopped around verse 26, but I'm going to read verse 26, Proverbs 1, and then all the way down. I will also laugh at your calamity. This is wisdom. Speaking, remember yesterday we talked about how some preachers call this wisdom, reference to wisdom as God. And the reason why that's, I don't believe that's so. Um, It's obviously wisdom from God, but when you think of it from a mathematical standpoint, or you think of it from an apologetic standpoint, or you think of it uh, based on scientific found, the, the... scientific principles as that um well you know that we've discovered over time to be true about our universe and about our earth um that this is more in reference i it's my understanding that this is more in reference to this is how the game works um imagine if you had and you you don't want to seek wisdom about it. I mean, God created the earth. Um, he has, like, you know, if you ever try to play a board game, right, without reading the rules, you could, <laughs> I mean, you could roll the dice to see what happens. But unless you play by the rules, you don't get the full benefit of that game. You don't get the full um, experience of playing that game. Try playing the game of life without... I don't know if you guys have ever played the game of life, but it's, you know, there's like paydays and there's, you know, you pick a career and, or you pick whether or not you're going to go to college. And then if you're not paying attention, you get a pay raise. Um, and you, my friend need that pay raise because you're, you're going to be paying for like lawsuits that come your way out of nowhere for like 50 grand. Um, you need to follow the rules and you get paid for, for having a kid that's nice, like five five thousand clams or something like that. You need to read the instructions, and that's the essence of what I believe is going on in Proverbs and this 
reference to wisdom. Is that it's math, friend. There's a way God designed this earth to run. And being ignorant about it, willfully ignorant about it, you're going to reap the benefits. It's, and I really cringe at the idea that God is laughing at us when we call out for help. No, <laughs> it's that we ignored, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about we ignored the fact that 2 plus 2 was 4, and we ignored it, and we ignored it, and we ignored it, and we didn't want anything to do with it. So we got the test, and it was 2, and we put 2 plus 2 is 7, and we got an F. That's what it's talking about. And yes, it's kind of sobering because yes, the onus is on us to seek after wisdom. And that is just not going to just happen. Why? Because we have a propensity to what? Do our own thing. We have a propensity to be about what's in the bank account. We have a propensity to be self-absorbed. And yet some of us out there have been reminded by those people around us, hey, you maybe wanted to live for more here. I would, I, would, I would suggest you put your chips someplace else, and that's called the kingdom of God. And we've been ignoring and brushing off and pushing back because almighty dollar has been the, our whole focus. Well, I will when I have a good amount in the bank. Proverbs here says that is not a safe bet. That is not, that might be your logic. That's not the logic of scripture. That's why it's sobering. Because it hits us all where our pockets are. It hits us all where our priorities are. So don't go wrong saying, yes, this is God's wisdom. This is how he designed the earth. But don't, don't go on saying wisdom, you know, that slash God. That's not what we're saying. It's saying, you've got some accounts to keep. You, he gave you the whole book of Proverbs. We're going to give an account for our life. Proverbs is a good place to start. If, if, if there's going to be a test on how we spent our life. Now, remember, we laid down our, our verse about how you're in Christ this we don't live by the law okay so that needs to be underneath this whole discussion beyond that that was romans beyond that we we're, we're building up something what's it gonna be now since I don't think this really hits, because we are masters at putting off. Well, yeah. My priorities aren't completely right. Well, maybe. Oh, just trust me. I'll get around to it. Because we think we think we're gonna have time to build up what really matters. I mean, if we were to say, if we were to, if we were to talk to ourselves with the truth of what we're actually thinking, that would make any sense whatsoever. But if we were at, going to be honest with ourselves, 
I give ourselves a little preaching to. We would tell ourselves we're just holy procrastinators. But we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And and we're and we've got this keen sense that wow, I just want both. I just want the money in the bank and a few things in heaven. And since I haven't seen heaven, I'm focusing on, and I, you know, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, it's gonna be good. Heaven's gonna be good. I'm focused. I'm gonna focus on this, right? This is logic. This is man's logic. We want our cake. We want to eat it too. So we've got this heaven thing going on, and, and we're, you're pretty sure. Okay, well, how bad could it be if I, I, I invested nothing in heaven? That's not the point. For where your treasure is, stop. Where your treasure is, can you finish that? That's where your heart is. So if you're gonna preach to yourself again, be honest about your thoughts, you don't treasure heaven. Continue. You don't really treasure Christ. And that's something else. That's something else. That's, I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road. So let's read. When your dread comes like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. Zeph on the test. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. The real danger is not mistaken priorities or messed up priorities. The real danger is that you've never actually come to Christ. That's the real cheese. That's the concern. If you don't have your eyes on heaven, because you feel you're going to have time, and you're ignoring the counsel, and you're pushing back, wisdom, and you're keeping your eye on the accounts and you're hoping for the time to put some treasure in heaven, it's revelatory 
that your heart's not there. And it's revelatory that the heart is the issue. And it's a question that comes to mind. Well, if Jesus isn't Lord of your heart, is he Lord at all? I mean, we gotta, we got to follow the line of questioning. We got to walk through that. We got to ask the questions. And I'm asking you the questions because it's really the Lord that's knocking on your door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We got you got time today. Today's the hour. Today's the time. Today's the, the this is the hour. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and we'll sit with him. And I will eat with him. There's fellowship. A oneness of purpose. A oneness with goals. Just imparting here in Proverbs. That his goals should be our goals. And if they aren't, we, we ask questions about that. And we follow to logical places. And it's hard. But man, I'd rather ask now. I'd rather ask myself now. I'd rather get the thing settled now. Better late than never, now. Do the thing, now not end up in the place of verse 26 and through 29. I remember I was on an acid trip. Um, you guys are like, what? <laughs> okay, well, let me back up a little. I walked away from the Lord for about a three-year period. And that was it. Um, I think I started smoking pot every day, but it was like three months tops. So I played with it. I did a little smoking or whatever. But the Lord had it chained on that time period. And there was an end date. And so for my birthday, um, sitting in the car with a bunch of strange guys... I had no idea who they were. My friend knew them. And all of, of a sudden our car is surrounded by cops. And um, I was high on acid, but I knew they couldn't search my car. I'm the daughter of an attorney. And so I get out of the car. Well, the police officer starts yelling at me and I'm on acid. 
So it was uncle, like, really fast. Um, they sighted us. But then these cats, they had weapons in the back of their car. And I, but I remember, I mean, or what seemed like weapons. I think it might have been misconstrued or whatever. But I remember sitting on the sidewalk thinking, how did I get here? I had spurned, I mean, I had a home church who were praying for me at that time. I had spurned reproof. I would not accept instruction. This is the way things roll. This is my game of life, Sarah. This is that there are rules. I, I have a, a way I run things. I, I didn't want any of it. I, I didn't want, I, I didn't want to suffer anymore after I'd been bullied and I determined that I was going to quote unquote be cool, whatever that meant. It just meant a dark heart, a dead heart. I shut myself off to all things emotional. I was not dateable, not, I mean, woe to them who even tried to approach me. I didn't even know I was being flirted with. I'd be ma made fun of all the time by my mom and my aunt because I would have no, hard, I was hard. There was no getting anywhere. I remember sitting on the, side, on the sidewalk thinking, how did I? It was like I, I hadn't, it was like reality dropped on my head. Verses 26 to 29. When that day of calamity came, I was like, what the fluff? How did I, what happened? How did I get here? Well, Sarah's pretty dumb. And so she kept going. I, so I was cited for marijuana or something. Then the next month, so I'm pro on probation. But I'm too stupid to see the stop sign. And so the next month, on my mom's birthday, I believe, I get high on shrooms and acid. And I'm sitting on the couch. I know I've told this story before. I'm sitting on the couch and my friend says, Welcome to Satan's realm. And I was like, why? Did you say that? And so I'm just been shunted into the spiritual realm. That's what that is, but it's demonic. And, but the word God, I could see that the letters, God, I hadn't thought about him in years. I'd not been to church, well, I'd been three. Seem like forever, but the word God flashed across my mind. The image and the and the name. It's hard to explain when you're on acid. And I said, I gotta get out of here. Well, I'm on acid, okay? I'm totally delusional. But the thing is, I was trying to follow the light. And in the acid trip, it was like, 
the, the, the overall impression was urgency. This life mattered. And I was wasting it. And I was on the threshold of it being eternity. Don't think I would have gone to hell, friends. God was like, I'm going to take you home. You know, straighten this up. But I was not on my way to hell. But this matters. How we spend our lives on this earth, it matters. I mean, yeah, that was overall. I mean, it, I was a mess. I was ripping off my clothes and jumped on top of a cop car. I, I'm not saying get any spiritual uh, enlightenment from my acid trip. I'm saying the the feeling on the, like my spirit said it matters, and I was like running for the light. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, no, I woke up the next day, I went home, took a nap, woke up the next day, called my friends who were Christians that lived behind me, they brought over their Bible and Kleenex and just helped me get stuff out of my room that was a little bondage making and all of that stuff. I mean, I had my whole identity wrapped up in other things, um, so they... But I, my heart was so hard, and it was a very, 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 very long time before I trusted. Because that acid trip was really scary. It was really scary, and I was, I mean, I was a mess. I was a mess. Talk about trauma. It was, it was bad news. Um, and I didn't know what to do with it. And the spirit of fear just kind of enveloped me. Um, and I mean, I couldn't even, it was, it was a miracle to put one foot in front of the other. Um, and of course, I mean, I couldn't confess anything because I thought I was just on this threshold in the acid trip, but you know, hell, the smell of hell filled my nostrils and I could see claws on my hands and so I ripped off my clothes trying to get off the claws and things like that and so I was definitely messed with. I ran in front of in a light post. I don't, I should be dead because I, I started off one part of town and ended up like three miles away um, and I don't know how I got there. Um, I have no idea. On top of a cop car. And, um, and miracle of miracles, the people that I was with who were growing pot called the cops. And if you know anything about people that are into drugs, the last, the, the last, the last thing they do is call the cops, but they did. And I should be, I should have gone to big girl jail and I didn't cause I was on probation. And, um, some the Lord just stopped the futility. And I met up with calamity. In fact, my life's verses are um, Psalm 116. 
seven and eight. No. Six and seven. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. I feel like I should keep going, but... I, I said that I really struggled with fear after that. Um, that I had a long road, and that my heart was super, like, cement hard. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing bothered me, nothing. And, um, I remember I was getting counseling and now, I mean, this thing bothered me. I, I thought I was going to hell. I thought I was just one inch. I didn't understand much. I didn't know who Moses was. I didn't know. I knew I was a Christian, but I, I had not grown. I spurned all of it. I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt anymore. And I didn't want, uh, so I was doing what I needed to do to survive or what I thought I needed to do to survive. For you, maybe it's the bank account. I have to do what I need to do to survive, get out of my business. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe it is school. I need to do what I need to do to not be a total weirdo in my high school. Maybe that's where you're at. That's totally where I was at. And I met calamity. Full on. Full on. Knowing that it mattered how I was spending my time and spending my life. And I remember pacing around in the church, scared out of my mind. I can't even, I can't describe to you, and I hope this is making sense, but I can't describe to you the kind of fear that I had opened myself up to that night. Like I said, I, I, it was a miracle I got through a day. And I had no idea that God was on my side. I had no idea. I had an inkling of an idea that I was a Christian. And that was about the depth of it. That was the depth of it. Um, and so my aunt and my uncle sent me off to counseling. And I'm pacing around the church. I can't sit still, friends. I am so scared. I smelled hell. I tasted it in my mouth. And I knew that I was the one that got me to that sidewalk with the police surrounding my car. And I knew I was the one that got me to the place with the acid and the hard heart. I knew that. I knew about my sins and I was stacking them up daily in front of my face. What am I going to do about that? The truth is, we're not doing anything about that. And so for 20 years, I had this list in front of my face of the things that I had done. And it was a choice to replace that list with the cross of Christ and believe him. Not going to do anything about that sin. You're not. What you can do is believe him. That he's taken care of it.
That took me 20 years to get to that point. Saw his face in the floor. I could barely look up. But on the wall, there was that verse from, I believe, Joshua. No, could be Isaiah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm looking it up. And you know it's like this again. Yeah, so Isaiah, yeah. 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm totally Bible illiterate. Totally. And I'm on the ground in fear. And I'm barely able to lift my head up to this sign that's on the, on the side of the church wall. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm telling you, that was the beginning of this relationship, this non-toxic, this real, this one-on-one, -on -one, this I got your back, this my way is the best, this I've got a plan, this I have a future, This real, real, put money in the bank on it. Real relationship with Jesus Christ. The only one that's gonna work. At the time. It was the only, I mean, I hope we have other working relationships, but for me at the time, it was the beginning of something beyond my imagination. And, you know, it was a long road. It was a long road. And you don't have to take as long as I took. For real, for real, for real. Fear was put on the back shelf that it wasn't dealt with. I mean, some of you know I was from the fundamentalist side of things. You don't really, I mean, you don't really open up about that kind of stuff. Um, unless you want to get kicked out. Um, or at least that was my feeling about it. It was good for a story time, but to really heal from trauma, that was something else. And nobody was going to run up on you and tell you, forget about it. And that's all I needed to hear for 20 years in fundamentalism. Forget about that acid trip. That's behind you. Forget about what you, what you think. You're, you know what you could possibly do and what you have done and, and stop adding and subtracting 
those things. Put the cross in the place of that. Believe what he did. Believe it. And let it go. Let it go. One person that came the closest to reaching me at the time was my aunt. And she was like, you really? Really? Out of all the people on the earth, you're the worst? <laughs> it was so down to earth. Really? Stop it. And I, I was self-centered. I was totally consumed. Totally, totally, utterly consumed. Because I didn't feel saved. Well, I'll tell you that right now. There's a... Mm, mm -mm. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. And when I started to shift my eyes through another catastrophe, but that's another day. When I started to shift my eyes from myself, because, I mean, oh, friend. Your girl, Sarah, she is a mess. A train wreck. And not just one train wreck. We're a couple train wrecks in. We're a couple train wrecks in. She don't learn. But God is faithful. And this last train wreck really got my eyes off of me. I'm... I mean, if I didn't give up on me in this last train wreck, I... Not in the sense I give up on me and I want to die. No. I give up on my efforts to sustain this Christian religion thing. I, gi I give it up. I cannot do it. Half the time, I don't want to do it. So, I, I really could find a place where I could be held in the hands of Jesus Christ and not try to keep... Keep myself in the can't eat, keep myself in his hand. Keep myself in his hand. It's got nothing to do with that. And the other thing I learned in the last train wreck was that it matters. How we spend our life. It matters. It's, I'm not talking about salvation. I've been all the way off and known I've been saved. And you know, I have people out there disagreeing with me, but I know. <laughs> I know that I know that I know I was saved. But how we spend our life matters. And take it from me, you can waste your time in a thousand ways. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.